It's a gift and a curse. This week on the podcast, L.J. Smith's Dark Visions Volume 1, The Strange Power. Hey, and welcome to Growing Up Bookish. It's a nostalgic book podcast where we reread books from our youth to see if they're cool or if they're lame. Or if Emma hates everything I make her read. I'm one of your hosts, Emma. I'm your other host, Allison. This week, uh, we're reading another L.J. Smith book. We started this podcast about 30 episodes ago. Wow, it's already been 30 episodes. Well, this right, will yeah. be episode 32. 32? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and so about yeah, our first one was my favorite L.J. Smith book, The Forbidden Game, when I was young. This one, I think, is my second favorite of her works. Um, but it's very different. It is. I think you spoiled me with the first one. Oh, no, I didn't like this one. Well, yeah, I mean, we could talk about why yeah. as we go through it. But, yeah, it's basically, it was written after The Forbidden Game. It was one of her later um, trilogies, I guess. And after this, she quit writing trilogies and just started writing, like, long ser- long form series stuff. And I didn't like any of those. Oh, really? I mean, they're okay. But, yeah. like, this is the last trilogy she okay. wrote. And I, I liked it, and I still like it, but there's there's definitely some things that we'll, we'll talk about as we go in. Um, this cover, though, is insanity, because what, what was this? When was this written first? 1994. 1994. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Forbidden Game was 92 or something, so it was really only a couple years after. Yeah. So really not that long. Um, but this cover looks very dated, and not in a good way. It's... I guess it's got it's got like a weird like eighties portrait like silhouette of Caitlin's face, which by the way, she's supposed to be red haired, but she's definitely blonde in yeah. this picture. I was about to say, uh, I didn't envision her that way. Witch eyes yeah. and red hair. Yeah, those eyes don't look witchy on the cover, and no. she's got blonde hair. And I'm guessing the guy that's next to her is supposed to be Rob, but he looks thirty. <laughs> so I don't I don't understand. They just, maybe really. they ran out of time. Like slap slap a picture on front on the front of it. Yeah, is, it is a very awful cover. What is she wearing? Mm. They're standing on some cliff. Well, that makes sense. Looking out into the distance. The the peninsula makes sense. Yes, but it's still a really which one? Do you, pose. Which one is supposed to be Gabriel then? The one in the I guess it's the one in the front. front yeah, with the with the high cheekbones. Yeah. Okay. But Emma's got the re-release cover, the omnibus that's got all uh, all three in there, and it's just another nondescript. I think she they had went, the same. They went with a blonde again. Yeah, it's another blonde, and I don't understand. She's supposed to be a redhead. Yeah, and and hot pink. No, maybe that's more of a lilac eyeliner and hot pink lipstick. I don't know. Oh. It's strange. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's just like a <laughs> photograph of a woman. Yeah, looking serene. I guess. So, you know what? If I had to choose covers, I like the old one oh, better. Oh, yeah. No, it's got yours more is better. Yeah. So, um, Emma, just what, <laughs> what are your basic thoughts before we dive in? Well, I mean, I couldn't really tell what was going on for my cover. Um, so, I didn't, I don't know. I didn't really didn't expect, expect. much. I mean, all that I could expect was something like The Forbidden Game, which I shouldn't have because that was... I mean, that setup was good from the very beginning. Yeah. When I started reading this, I I just couldn't 
I couldn't stay interested. It had a much slower start. Yes. Yeah. And I, I think it's because I feel like the Forbidden Game was written so that like that first book was like its own book. Like it wrapped up in that oh, yeah. first book. So they had to get going. Right. And this one, they've got three books to languidly get to where they're oh, going. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they did take their time. They took their time. And I didn't really connect with the main character mm -hmm. too much in the beginning. Yeah, one of the major things I noticed uh, as I was rereading this now is that I really don't like her. There's just not much. But, I mean, Jenny was the same way in, in Forbidden Game. She was a nothing character. Like, I feel like <sighs> may, maybe L.J. Smith just doesn't really do a great job with her protagonists. Well, isn't it one? Isn't it a thing where you don't give the main character too much personality so that way your reader can place themselves? Maybe, into... and maybe Jenny was better in that way because Caitlin had personality that I didn't like. Oh, okay. Because, well, let's just get into yeah, it and I'll talk about yes. her. So our protagonist's name is Caitlin and she's like a surly girl because, you know, nobody in school likes her and like she hates people boys and you know it's because she has a psychic gift she draws pictures and they come true like that guy in uh heroes yes <laughs> although this is before then yes whatever and oh and she's not on drugs <laughs> yeah it just happens so. her hand starts to itch yeah. and she's like i've got to draw yeah and it doesn't matter if she's in math class it just yep. it just she's happens do whenever it. it's not like something she has to like i wonder what she for. looks like while she's doing it like do her other weird do her other classmates like, like do her hands oh, go like, no <laughs> is it like tourette's i don't, I don't know. know i don't know either or like her her eyes go white and like yeah i don't know but she has no control over it no control over the drawing it just it takes control of her but the problem is, is that she doesn't know what any of them mean until it's too late to do anything about it because they're not like you know they're just snippets enough. they're yeah. really snippets of stuff and she can't right and so because of her you know weird gift that her you know i guess dad t told people in the town about because she like <laughs> I forgot about that she predicted like the death of some like missing kid in town and so like when her dad found out that she had d predicted it he like told the town and now uh, they all think she's weird he was so proud though i know he was <laughs> proud but everyone else thinks she's weird stays away from her but the whole thing about her witchy eyes is just a stupid mary sue trope at this point <laughs> and i just don't even want to like focus on it yeah she's got scary looking eyes whatever i, I seriously doubt it anyway so so all of this has made her kind of like a very closed off person. Yeah, she has no friends, no, no friends. love interests, no boyfriends. Right. Only her dad. Yes. Um, and so one day she's, you know, drawing in class and she draws like a, a vision of a girl in a spider web, which is like, I don't know what that means. But then she gets called into the office and there's a lady there named Joyce from California. And she came to their school like earlier to do like a vision screening. But really, it was a psychic screen. Psychic vision. And uh, so that I don't know that what I want to know about the psychic screening. OK, is that like. Clearly, they were testing her specifically for remote viewing. Mm -hmm. What if someone had something else? Is it such a case that, like... Oh, I see what you're saying. A different power. Like, right. how would they know? Like, is it such a case where anyone with any psychic ability could maybe go a little further? I don't know. I didn't even think about that part because I was just like, gosh, this is boring. <laughs> <laughs> Poor but I, yeah, I was like, oh, I didn't even think about that. If they were testing just for remote vision. Yeah. So there could have been mm -hmm. several 
several mutants in that school. Yeah, mutants. I, I use I use mutants in like the X Men. Yes, I, I understand. I know you, you do. But I got I'm like, what you meant. I'm not saying. Oh my god, <laughs> people like this are terrible. They're actually really cool, and I really yeah. want to. I wanted to be telekinetic when I was younger. I remember reading stories about like a girl in England that could move a teacup, and I'm yeah. like, I want to do that. That never happened for me. I didn't have the gift. Uh, I think I went through like a phase, probably after reading this book, where I like really wanted that, and not maybe not telekinetic specifically, but like I think I did some like clairvoyance exercises <gasps> did or whatever. You? Did they I, work? No, because <laughs> it's not real. I predicted a snowstorm when I was in middle school. That's the only thing. Two weeks before it happened. Two weeks, I oh. predicted a snowstorm. Okay. <laughs> But that's all I've got. I, I could, also think I grandparents mem- do that when their knee hurts. Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, vision screening and the lady's like, you're psychic. And she's like, I know. And <laughs> she's like, well, we Not want surprised. you to, to yeah, we want you to come to our like institute in California and we'll study you for a year and you'll get a scholarship. Sound great. And at first, Caitlin's like, no. Nah. Uh, I don't want to leave my dad or whatever. And it's not until, you know, their their meeting is interrupted by an accident. And oh, she yeah. sees, like, the little girl, a little girl, like, had a, was in a car accident. And she smashed up against the window. And she sees the spider web, web of the glass. And she's like, oh, if I could control my powers, then, you know, whatever. Let's do it. Okay, I will say there was an interesting part. I found it odd that the principal was in this meeting and totally on board. Yeah. It was so weird. It, I always thought that was weird, too. Like, that she's like, I'm yep, like, psychics are real. I mean, and I guess maybe, like, they're in a small town and they've all known about Caitlin for a long time. Like, maybe I, they do believe it. I don't know. I kind of felt like maybe she was paid off or, like, she was she it's was possible. in on, on, on something. It just, the whole thing seemed odd to me. At first, I think I remember when... I first read this, they had described her as looking serene, and I was like, oh, she's been hypnotized. Maybe she was. Oh. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I honestly don't know. Point is, yeah, no one thinks it's weird that she's going off to Psychic Institute. Right. She's going there. <laughs> she's going to have friends. She's going to a new school. Yep. She gets, she's going to have money. Oh, that's the big thing. She's going to have money to go to any college she yes. wants because... Because her dad is a single dad, and... She somehow... Doesn't have a lot botch, of money. Didn't she botch up like a... Art they, yeah, they said she didn't. They didn't say how though. They said she like tried for an art scholarship and screwed up her chances, but I don't know what she did. Yeah, maybe she was surly in the interview. <laughs> I don't know because she's she's surly. Maybe. They want you to know. Maybe maybe surly. her hands started itching and they're like, yeah. "Whoa, what's going <laughs> Whoa, on with this girl? Weird. We can't take her." <laughs> so off she goes to California, but you know when she arrives, she runs into a, a strange dude. Who's in like robes? So she's like, oh, it's like a you know a cult guy coming to like preach at me. Uh, and it, I like the way they describe him as kind of being like they don't say it exactly this way, but essentially the way they're describing him is that he is all different races mixed into one, and nothing looks like it goes together because he's got like dark skin, but Asian eyes is basically what they said, but like light hair, right? And I think they said his like eye color was strange too. I don't know. But I just thought that was interesting and having a hard time picturing, picturing that, that guy. guy? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. Um, but he shows, he's like, hey, I need to talk to you. But he's, like, really forceful about it. Oh, yeah, he is. Which is the problem because, you know, if you just want to, like, talk to someone about something, you don't be, like, grab their hand. And so clearly she's on the 
defensive because yeah. this guy's like accosting her in the airport. But I wanted to describe the uh, brochure that he shows her. He's like, look, I just want you to look at this brochure. Uh, and <laughs> just, so just look, ma'am, please. Caitlin couldn't help looking. He was holding the paper in her face. It seemed to be a full-color picture of a rose garden, a walled rose garden with a fountain in the center and something thrusting out of the fountain. Maybe an ice sculpture, Caitlin thought dizzily. It was tall, white, and semi-transparent like a faceted column. In one of its many facets was the tiny, perfect reflection of a rose. Caitlin's heart was still pounding violently. This was too weird, as frightening as if he were trying to hurt her. This crystal, the man began, and then Caitlin saw her chance. And so she, you know, hits him in the arm and runs away uh, without listening to his fascinating crystal story. See, I didn't even pick up on the brochure thing. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Emma skimming again. Uh, it's foreshadowing, Emma. I know. Now I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> now it makes sense. Now. Okay. So, yeah, she runs away from the man, doesn't let him finish what he was going to tell her, and then meets up with Joyce and they go to the Institute. The end. The, the, the end of the book, no. Uh, I'm, I'm skimming through some things. So when they arrive at the Institute, it's purple and sounds like my dream house because it's purple. This was something that I could not envision when they were describing it. I I'm can like, show what you because there is this. Okay, so there's this house. It's like a Victorian house that I saw on the internet. I don't know if I could find the exact one, but I know there's multiple. And everything about it is purple. It, it is so amazing. And so I just imagine this is what it looks like. Mm. All right, hang on. She meets her, she meets two of her new roommates, Lewis, who is a kind of like a nerdy guy, um, Asian guy, they make sure to let us know. <laughs> yes. Uh, and he has psychokinesis, which is like telekinesis, but for tiny things. Okay. So like mechanical things that are Of small. course. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't think about it that way, well, but, you know, it's it's not like making things fly across the room. It's like, you know, making the inner workings of a clock work with your mind, gotcha. that kind of thing. Yeah. And then uh, Anna is a Native American girl that, of course, of course, here we go, influences animals. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, how stereotypical could you get? I just really don't even know. Um, and then she literally, literally runs headfirst into a third roommate and whose name is Rob, Southern Gentleman Rob. <laughs> I can't picture him as Southern. I know he is, but it just doesn't, it never fits. See, the further I got into the story, I'm like, he's not, I can't imagine I read him his with a Southern accent. accent. I read his accent in my head as being Southern, but never ever listen to the audiobook because the lady's Southern accent is the worst thing. Oh, I've ever no, heard. I'm going to listen. It is so bad. <laughs> I, I'm like, props for trying, girl, but not good. Not good at all. Well, so she literally runs into him and, like, you know, I don't know, bruises her knee or something. And that's when we learn that Rob has healing powers. So he that's really a useful power. Yeah, it is. Which of these three powers so far? Well, I guess four if you want clairvoyance. Which of these powers would you want? Oh, gosh. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like you could make money from the healing power. So I'm not going to do that. Why not? Why wouldn't you use your gift? I would use my gift, but I would not make money oh, from it. Oh, bullshit. <laughs> Why not? not? You might as well. No. You're like no, using your taint- life force. It's No, it's tainting it. No, it's not. Um, it's I would brain. go for the, I don't know. Maybe the clairvoyance if I understood. If you could control. Yeah, if the clairvoyance was, oh yeah, if I could draw. 
yeah <laughs> i want to draw yeah maybe i'd go for the clairvoyance okay they're all i mean they've all got their positives sure if i could talk to animals and i wouldn't be so scared of dogs but see i don't want her power because she doesn't actually talk to them she could just like influence, influence their oh, animal yeah. brain like and that's so not cool you wouldn't be able to have a conversation with no. me it's just that you would... it's just like i could convince my cat not to pee outside the litter box sometimes <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's useful it is useful maybe i but do maybe. want that i don't know <laughs> but i guess she would start feeling bad like oh i'm for yeah am i forcing yeah I'm forcing you kind him of are you, you definitely are you were like, like come snuggle come snuggle with me b and yeah. then he does it and we're like but do you actually love me yeah because i'd be like does you. you really love me because i'm forcing <laughs> him to cuddle with me yeah no never mind i don't want that <laughs> um there's a very long description of how it feels to be healed, but basically it's like a transfer of energy. Right. Like, he transfers his psychic energy into her. She feels all warm. She's healed. Ta-da. So, but it's like four pages of description of it's how It's really feels. long. But Caitlin doesn't really get a chance to question Rob about his ability because then the bigwig Mr. Zietz arrives. He's the owner of the Institute. Professor X, right? Professor X. Sort <laughs> of. And he's exactly what you expect, like, you know, a Ponzi rich benefactor to look like. He's got, like, a suit and a hat and a gold-tipped cane. And two Rottweilers. Two <laughs> angry Rottweilers. Um, and, you know, he just doesn't seem like a super nice guy right off the get-go. Oh, no. Whatever. He's paying them money. I was about to say, he's <laughs> paying them a lot of money, so there's probably a catch. Lewis also points out that the limo is followed by the uh, youth correctional facility van. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. And he, he he says, quote, unquote, my dad says it's for the kids who were on their way to state prison. You know, the murderers and stuff. <laughs> and so, of course, everyone's like, what? We're going to have a murderer living with us? <laughs> and, you know, a very handsome boy steps out. And immediately, this is the bad boy that we're all going to fall in love with. Right. At least I did. <laughs> when you read this for the first time, oh, did you? Yeah, did you I was, like yes that one. Yes, <laughs> I want the murderer. And well, I had just come off of reading like Forbidden Game, oh, and yeah, I yeah. wanted that bad boy. And yeah. so I was like, L.J. Smith, you give me this bad boy this time. <laughs> I'm not going to spoil you as to whether or not she does or not, but at least, at least this time, it seems like he's got a chance, right? You know, yeah. As opposed to Forbidden Game, where I mean, I guess he sort of had a chance, but not really. I no, with Forbidden Game, I felt like Jenny was pretty, pretty not into that. Yes, and very yeah. stubborn about it. Mm -hmm. But we have Caitlin, who's an open mind. Yeah, and also not a goody two shoes herself, I guess. Although yeah. she's never really done it. So they try to play her off as being not a goody two shoes, but she's never really done anything other than have an attitude problem. Like when push comes to shove, and like illegal stuff comes up she's like i could possibly you know so she's not really a bad girl even though they kind of no, she's not. make her out to be no and she, she it's just that she's been alone so i don't yeah. think she's had a lot of experiences to yeah so but she tries to portray portray herself as being this badass bitch and she's really not no i never i never got that feeling from her i don't feel like she is that way i think she thinks she's that way oh okay <laughs> <laughs> i'm giving personification to these fake characters so that's this is their fifth roommate. His name is Gabriel. Good which name. Which is also my favorite ma man's name 
always has been. Yeah. Even before s- you read this? Yeah, because uh, my favorite character in Newsies, his like actor's name is Gabriel, and okay. I fell in love with him. And ever since then... <laughs> That's what did it. That name <laughs> has been like the sexiest name. Like there is no sexier name to me. It, that just that one. Um, so yeah, Gabriel. But no one's more interested in Gabriel than Rob, who apparently knows him. They know each other and make it clear that they don't like each other. So all, already off the bat, you've got the two two, two love boys. interests fighting. Yep. Okay. Yep. It's already a love triangle before there's any love. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so. Everybody's in there. All the roommates are there. Mr. Zietz gives a super weird introduction. One thing you need to realize from the start is that you're different from the rest of humanity. You've been chosen, branded. You'll never be like other people, so there's no reason to even try. You follow different laws. Caitlin felt her eyebrows pull together. Joyce had said similar things, but somehow Mr. Zietz's words had another tone, and she wasn't sure she liked it. You have something inside of you that won't be repressed. A hidden power that burns like a flame. You're superior to the rest of humanity. Don't ever forget that. And he goes on and on like this. So so this isn't some little casual pep talk. This yeah. sounds like... It's basically like uh, Mag- Magneto. I'm sorry. I'm going to keep referencing X-Men. Yeah, go but ahead. It's like, it sounds like Magneto crap. Yeah. 100%. I wonder if she was influenced. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely not a Professor X. Um, he's definitely a Magneto, and I think we can see where this is going. Yeah. In the midst of her, I do think it's interesting that in the midst of his speech, like, Caitlin feels the need to draw, but she can't, like, get away, obviously. Like, she's like, uh, I'm just going to pretend this isn't happening, and so I wonder what her hand's doing, like, twitching. Who knows? Um, and then eventually it goes away, but I'm like, I wonder what, what the image would have yeah, been. What, yeah. What would it have been? I don't know. It probably could have been something really helpful. I, I bet she probably <laughs> could have left right now and avoided all of this mess. But she didn't. She didn't. Um, but she, Caitlin also notices that, uh, Gabriel's not really buying the shit either. Like everyone else is just like staring at him and Gabriel's kind of just like, eh, I don't know about you. And he looks back at her and notices the same. So, you know, whatever. There's a small connection there, a small, small moment. Connectual. Yeah, yeah. Connectual. Connectual. Sexual connection. <laughs> That's what that means, right? I mean, I'm into it. <laughs> Mr. Z does his thing and he leaves and everyone's like, oh, that was weird. <laughs> but they don't really know what to do about it. Um, Gabriel is gruff and hostile to everybody. He takes the biggest room for himself, closes the door, tells everyone, you know, to leave him alone, except Caitlin, which he makes a pervy comment towards. And uh, everybody wonders what Gabriel's power is. But even Rob, who knows him, doesn't know. But he reveals that he went to he they were at like a psychic center together in like North Carolina. North Carolina. That's North where he's Carolina. got the southern accent. Yeah, I guess so. And uh he remembers that he ran. Gabriel, Gabriel ran away after some girl got hurt, and that's all he knows. Okay. I don't know how you can go to a psychic center with a person and not know what his power is, but mm, maybe there were so it. many of them they kept them separate. I don't know. No, how they many didn't keep psychics are there? I can't imagine. S- several. You just don't know. I guess. Well, apparently enough to have another psychic center <laughs> in another part of the world. Who knows? Um, sometimes we have like cuts to Gabriel' point of views, but I'm not really gonna like talk about them unless they're important because most of them are just like like in this particular instance they cut to him being like oh rob i hate rob and i'm like yes we get it you hate rob yeah (laughs) 
and like, oh, but that Caitlyn girl's kind of foxy. Oh, but don't get too close, Gabriel. That's basically it. That's basically so, it. So it's just a point to get us connected to Gabriel. Yes. We want to know. I don't know. We want to love him, and I, and I already do, so it's fine. <laughs> um, later that night, Caitlyn's sleeping, and she's woken up by a figure standing over her bed. It is Joyce's lab assistant, Marisol, who they met earlier, and she has a warning for her. Watch out or get out. You kids think you're so smart, so psychic, don't you? You're superior to everyone else. But you don't know anything. This place is different than you think. I've seen things. Never mind. You just better watch out. Um, and then she breaks off and leaves. And Caitlin's like, wait, what? what? And the girl's like, bye, peace. That's, that's how I am. I'm like, what? That was weird. I mean, it, and like, if you wanted to know things. It's supposed to be weird, but at the same time, it just felt like weird writing-wise, yeah. too. Is it really a warning if you don't stop to explain? Right. Like, what's the you got to tell me what you're warning me about. <laughs> right. Otherwise, what's the purpose? And I feel like her interactions <laughs> with Marisol after that were the same way. Yes. I'm like, just get to it. And Well, literally, because the next morning, Caitlin's like, uh, about what you said last night. She's like, uh, that was a joke. <laughs> no. Like, what? No. <laughs> okay. Thanks, crazy lady. <laughs> yeah. It just, it makes no sense. Mm -hmm. Writing-wise, it makes no sense why they would even, uh, it, whatever. Let's just, sorry, LJ suspense. Smith, I disagree. Suspense. That's suspense. Just building yes. suspense and yes. just letting you know, oh, wait, something's a little off. If you haven't gotten it yet, yeah, something's we, a little off. I think we already knew, but now we're doubling down on the little yeah. off. So, Joey Sprinkles and him for testing, uh, which I like the testing portions because I'm fascinated by like how they test psychic abilities. So this part interested me. Uh, apparently not Emma, but <laughs> it's fine. I, I liked reading about the machines and what they were doing and like how they were testing people. Mm -hmm. um, we see like Rob testing his healing powers on some girl in a wheelchair. Um, Kaylin gets jealous and she doesn't know why. She's like mad at herself. She's like, why am I feeling jealous? I don't like boys. I don't see. I don't. I, I don't. I can only speak from my personal experience, of course, but I don't understand that. How can you not know what's going on? Like, it takes her so long to to figure out. What, that she's... Because she's never liked a boy before, Emma. But hasn't she read books about this stuff? I guess not. Maybe she's not into romance or anything. Or, or seen a movie or I anything guess. like that. I, I don't know. I think she was just kind of, like, denying her feelings. Oh, Because okay. she's, like, always been like... But he's hot, so... Well, you can objectively think someone's hot and not be sexually attracted to him. Like... Prior to this, she, like, I, thought boys were icky. She has, like, a story about how she went on a date with a guy and, like, he was all gross and handsy and she yeah. was just like, never mind, I'm not, in, I'm not attracted to guys. Yeah. And so, you know, maybe back then she thought she was a lesbian. Who knows? But, but point is, is, like, she was surprised to find that she was sexually attracted to Rob. Oh, okay. Even though he's foxy. Yeah. Um, and Joyce calls him sexy, which is really weird. That was weird. <laughs> that was weird. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> I'm like, you're an adult. He's a teenager. But then, like, wait, is this going to be one of those teacher-student oh, romances? Yeah, okay. Is mean. that the love triangle? I usually don't like older women with younger men, though. I like it the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah, Joyce, Joyce does call him sexy, but she also reveals, and this is just so far-fetched, it's ridiculous, that uh, Rob got his powers when he was in a hang gliding accident. Like, he woke up and he suddenly had powers. But he also forgot what girls are for but and that's literally how she words it he forgot what girls are for and i'm like the only when thing I, 
when I read that part, all I could think of is like, okay, he's reached some sort of like enlightened yeah, place maybe. that he can't be like on the physical yeah, realm yeah, yeah. type of thing. That maybe makes like a more Dr. Sense. Manhattan type of thing. I think she was just focusing on like what girls yeah. are for because Caitlin I can't remember the setup of this, but I think she noticed Caitlin looking at her, yeah. Looking, looking at, at him. him and yeah. she says, him sexy. He's off limits. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that makes more sense than what I was thinking. I was just more like, what is he, like, repressed a childlike innocence? Like, and that that was really unattractive to me. And so I, was <laughs> yeah, re- I didn't like, want to yeah. think about that. I'm like, no, I don't want to, like, <laughs> hook up with a guy who's like, got a child brain. No, being more enlightened makes more sense. They, I wish they had focused on that a little more and, like, taken it further. Because I feel like in all our interactions, he's just like, he's so innocent. And right. I'm like, I don't like that. Yeah. Like, it should be how more you, like a Dr. You- Manhattan style, like... I have no care for the for the human condition. You know, whatever. Yeah. But I, whatever. Uh, anyway, so yeah, he she's like, oh, darn, I can't hook up with Rob. So he's unavailable to her. Unavailable to her, yep. Caitlin does some experience. Caitlin does some of her own experiments, and it involves attempting to draw what's on the card that a volunteer is concentrating on um, while blindfolded and everything. And so she begins drawing... And she feels, like, all this darkness coming inside of her as she's drawing. And when she looks at it, it's, like, a picture of her with, like, a grotesque-looking eye on her forehead. And it, like, freaks her out. I don't understand why it's so grotesque. I Is mean, the dr- like- they said it was, like, insectoid. Oh, so okay. They describe the eye as being kind of like insectoids, and so maybe it's just like she a, got really. I mean, she got really freaked out about this. And yeah. I just remember thinking, "What's so freaky about that?" I mean, I that cannot be the freakiest you, thing she's ever drawn. In exactly. Her life. You, yeah. You've grown up with this <laughs> gift. That's the freakiest thing. Yeah. But she, I mean, she's freaked out by it, but she doesn't really have time to worry about it because someone starts like screaming their head off. Yes. And that's when we find out that Gabriel, who's been doing testing in the back room with another volunteer, um has done something to his volunteer, and he's screaming. And the only thing that we get out of it is that uh, Joyce asks Marisol, like, how long? And she says, 45 seconds. And Joyce is like, oh, my God. And everyone's like, what does that mean? <laughs> I don't know what that means. And the volunteer that they sent him was a psychic, too. Well, that's that was what they different. say. Yeah. Uh, Joyce says, this guy's a psychic. And Gabriel says, not psychic enough, know. obviously. <laughs> Still, at what this point, mean? we don't know what that means. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Zietz arrives during the midst of all this chaos. Uh, he always seems to arrive just at the right moment. But uh, he asked the same question as Joyce did about how long, and everyone's just left wondering. Testing's canceled for the rest of the day. Caitlin spends most of her time, you know, basically thinking about Rob and falling head over heels for him. Like, I don't... I, I don't even remember exactly what they do, but it's That's just like the rest of the day is her. Ding! That is the point. It's like they don't, there's there's like nothing. Yeah. There's nothing. There's, it's very slow moving at the beginning. Well, not so, only that, but like there's nothing for, for me, there's nothing for Caitlin to, Caitlin and Rob to build upon. I'm like, yeah. why? She's just decided that she's in He's love handsome, with yeah. That's it. He's handsome and like, well, I, I mean, think I know it's he's like nice. he, I think there's like a story he tells her about like he, he really wants to like save the world and she's like oh he's such a good person oh yeah and that's so she too like I am but not, is he funny it, is he funny though no <laughs> no but neither is Gabriel so neither Lewis is the funny one that's the one I would go for well, in real Gabriel life. has like a wicked sense of humor yeah, 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 so yeah. there's that but like he's a little Rob's biting not. wit but 
Yeah, Rob's got pretty much nothing other than that he's a good person and wants to help people. And that's wants that's to use wonderful. his powers for good. That's wonderful. See, that's I'm, I don't care about that. But. Good for you, but like I'll be over here with the badass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, so then Caitlin like works herself into like a near frenzy about like how to get Rob to notice her. And she like asks Anna for advice. And, uh, I don't even remember what the advice was. It was basically just, I don't know, like do something to make him realize you're a girl. So he can't deny it or something. And what does she do? Like put on makeup? Doesn't she like dress up a little bit and put on makeup or something? Maybe. (laughs) I don't remember. I kind of skimmed over this part because I'm just like, ugh. God, you're so pathetic. (laughs) (laughs) So that's basically the entire day. Uh, And then later she goes outside alone to draw and sees someone watching her. Mm. And it's that guy from the airport. Okay. The pamphlet of the crystal. Um, The man approaches her and I don't even know if he says anything, but Caitlin like freaks out, starts like hitting him with her notebook. Uh, He grabs her hand, but then Gabriel appears out of nowhere with Mm -hmm. a knife. And he threatens the guy. He's like, you know, you better run or uh, I'll forget I did two years for murder. <gasps> and Kayla's like, murder? Is that a joke? Is that a joke? <laughs> did you murder somebody? I mean, he came in the murder van. He did come in the murder van. <laughs> so I guess. That, not a joke. Yeah. Um, the, the guy runs off, but not before getting mad and telling them they're idiots. Like, because they don't listen. He's like. See, like, wouldn't you want to know more? I want to know more. I don't know. The way that the guy is, is he's like, he's like assaulting her, essentially. Like, That's he's true. not going about it the right way. He needs to tell them something. He's basically like grabbing her and yelling at her. And like, she feels like he's stalking her. Well, yeah. So. But at the same time, I'm like, uh, can we meet at a coffee shop in the daytime yeah. with, with my friends around? Yeah. And you so, tell me. Or you know what? Gabriel's there. Just be like, okay, say what you need to say. Yeah. And then leave. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, it's got to be all cryptic. Yeah. I don't know. I guess if this happened in real life, I probably wouldn't believe anything more than he's a crazy stalker, too. True. So that happens. Later in the evening, uh, Caitlin can't stop thinking about what happened with Gabriel and how he, like, admitted to being a murderer. So um, on impulse, she visits his room, and there's lots of sexual tension, (laughs) which I love. (laughs) Um but she basically wants to know whether or not he's really a murderer, and he tells her the story. And it's sad. It is sad. Uh, apparently, he's got two counts of murder. First one, or, well, the most recent one was self-defense. Yeah. Uh, basically, he was out on his own after running away from the psychic center, and a guy tried to mug him, and he killed him with his brain power. Cool. Which is what we also Scary. learn about now. Um and the first one was at the psychic center where he got close to a girl he liked and connected with her mind too long and she died. So basically, he describes himself as a psychic vampire. Okay. Which is, the, the reading this book was the first time I had ever come across that concept. I'm pretty sure it's not a new and novel concept, but I had never read anything like it before, so I thought it was really freaking cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, eventually, essentially, it's kind of the opposite of what Rob does, where, you know, Rob transfers his psychic energy into a person to heal them, and Gabriel takes it from a person to heal himself. Okay. And thus, if they are not, if their mind is not strong enough, they can't handle it and they die. And that's why, you know, Joyce was asking about like how long, because depending on how long you are connected to a person, it becomes unstable, and that's when they start, like, freaking out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, 
he had to run away because the authorities didn't believe it was an accident. Yada, yada, yada. So he also reveals that he hates Rob because, A, everyone loved Rob, you know, at the center. Yeah. And nobody loved him. Yeah. So he's got the same problem Caitlin has. Yeah. Um, and he also mentions that Rob is the one who, like, found out what happened to the girl that died. And so that's how they knew to pin it on him. Like, I don't think that's Rob's fault. No. He used his, like, healing gift or whatever to be like, oh, she was, like, psychically drained. And they're like, well, we know who did that. You know, but so he blames him, I guess, for that. So after opening up to Caitlin, he's like talks about how like he feels like he could trust her because she's like the only one there that's got common sense and like knows what's really going on. And for some reason, Caitlin plays dumb, which I don't I don't think she's playing dumb. Like, I think that the author fails here because like at the beginning of the book, when Mr. Z is talking, she's like, oh, this is weird. And I I'm not sure. I like what he's saying. Right. And now that Gabriel's like bringing it up, like, yeah, you don't really like what's going on here. She's like, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. Everything's fine. And he's like, never mind. I thought you were smart. You're not. Bye. <laughs> and that's it. But it's such a strange conversation. Yeah. Well, he, he says that she's playing dumb so that she could stay close to Rob. But, you know, I just don't. Uh, but I don't think that's what it is. Because well, we're I don't, in Caitlin's head. Right. I don't think she's that. I mean,. It's hard for me to gauge what kind of character she is because I feel like she's kind of flat. Yeah. But she's definitely a from flat previous character things. Like she gets mad about things. Mm-hmm. She's got some fire to her. Yeah. But sometimes she she's like deflated. I yes. don't I don't get it. This was I mean, she literally went from being like, "Hey, this is a little weird what he's saying" to being like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> and that makes no sense. So girl. then why, so why so why would you write that? I don't know. All right. Um, let's see. I feel like her friends are kind of flat, too. Gabriel's the only one that... And I don't know if it's because it's the fiery character. I, I'm i generally attracted to the fiery characters. Mm-hmm. Um, Raphael from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, yeah. my favorite. Yeah. The redhead kid from uh, Captain Planet. Loved him. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember his name. Uh, certainly wasn't for the heart guy. But no, no. <laughs> that's Rob. <laughs> that's Rob. Yeah. But um, but I feel like her her friends are kind of flat characters, and their friendship is kind of flat too. Like she went from a town where she was struggling, had nothing, yeah, hard time with relationships, and she gets plopped into this place, and oh, everything works out. Yeah. Like where's? I feel like Louis can't has have the a most... fight with Anna. Come on. Yeah, Anna's got no personality whatsoever. I feel like Lewis has the most personality of all of the others because, you know, he's kind of goofy and he has, like, things he likes. And Oh, yeah, he was whining about MTV yeah. in the beginning. <laughs> yeah. You know, so he they spent more time giving him personality, but Anna's got literally none. None. And it's such a high contrast to all the characters in Forbidden Game because I felt yes. like they all had a lot of they personality. They did. They did. Yeah, this one just didn't work out or, quite as well. Or maybe I felt like they had personality because we were talking about people's fear in those No, in because those even before they get into the nightmare world or whatever, they 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 spend time setting up all their personalities during the like party situation. Yeah. And you get a good sense of who everybody is. Yeah. And in this one, who the fuck is Anna? I feel like they're just kind of backdrops yeah. for Caitlyn's romance. Yep. So that's why I didn't start taking notes till chapter eight. Well, we're <laughs> we're there now. Oh yay! Uh, the next day they go to like regular school and then back to the institute for testing. Uh, Gabriel did not show up to testing that day. 
Um, I wanted to read a bit about like Lewis's testing because I think it's I think it's interesting. Yeah. Um, he's testing on a machine. I don't know. This is just me geeking out because this kind of stuff interests me. <laughs> you are an Aquarius. <laughs> This is a random event generator, Joyce said. It's a computer that does only one thing. It spits out random numbers. It's producing numbers right now. Some positive, some negative, all completely random. That's what the green line is charting. Lewis's job is to make the line go higher, to influence the machine to spit out more positive numbers than negative ones. You can do that, Kate asked, with your mind? Yeah, that's what PK is, mind over matter. This is actually a lot easier than making dice come up a certain number, but I could do that sometimes too. And then I think Anna's like making mice go into holes. certain holes in yeah. the maze. I'd, yeah, I'd want to be with mice. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Caitlin does the same test as before uh, when she was drawing blindfolded or whatever, but now she, they hook her up to like the brainwave machine mm -hmm. to make sure that she's got like the right brainwaves for psychic activity, which are uh, alpha waves. I can't remember. Uh, hang on, I had the page. Beta waves show you're attending to something. Theta waves show you're drowsy. We're looking for alpha waves, the ones okay. usually associated with psychic activity. So, yeah. So, they put a bunch of, like, electrodes all over her, and she does it. Um, however, she can't concentrate because she's thinking about the creepy picture she drew the other day with the insectoid eye. It's fine, girl. Yeah, Just move on. <laughs> it really is kind of stupid <laughs> for her to be so freaking focused on it. So, she, like, can't make anything happen. Like, as soon as... Her brain goes into alpha wave. She stops again, and Joyce is like, "What's going on, bitch?" And <laughs> she, the eye, the grotesque eye. <laughs> well, she doesn't tell her the truth. No, she doesn't. She's just like, oh, "I don't know. I just can't concentrate." And Joyce is like, "Hang on, I'm gonna give you another electrode." So she puts one on her forehead, and as soon as she does, Caitlin's like flooded with visions, mm -hmm. and they show a lot that are foreshadowing. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna yes, read, read them off because I skimmed through this. I just out. wanted to get to the boys' scenes. She, she I'm like, where's the, the romance? romance? <laughs> she wanted the romance. Nothing like this had ever happened to her before, but she was too startled to be afraid. The pictures were kaleidoscopic, each passing in a flash almost before she could recognize it. Gabriel, something purple. Joyce or someone like her. Something purple and irregular. A doorway with someone standing in it. A bunch of purple round things. Something tall and white. A tower? A bunch of purple grapes. She could feel her hand moving, drawing small circles over and over on the paper, but she couldn't help opening her eyes, and the instant she did, the images in her head vanished. So she ended up drawing, like, a bunch of grapes, which was the image that... Yes. Thank God it wasn't grotesque grapes, because yeah. she would have freaked out. Yeah, but she saw a bunch of other <laughs> things, oh, yeah, yeah, too. Yeah. Yes. So Joyce unwires her and marvels over Caitlin's drawing, which is, like, a photographic copy, essentially. Like, she drew it perfectly. Mm -hmm. And, uh... Caitlin notices afterwards she's feeling, like, really shitty, nauseous, drained, everything like that. Rob offers to help her to a room and heal her headache a little bit. Mm-hmm. We get a little bit of romance here. This is where I start taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he says that she's been drained psychically and attempts to help relieve the pain by getting painfully close to her, where he puts his forehead against her yes. forehead. Third eye to third eye. Yeah, so it's like, so they sync up their third eyes instead of having sex. Yep. So it's That's like how some they kind connect. of weird, like... Uh, Foreplay thing or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Caitlin's, of course, freaking out, but Rob is like, whatever, this, this is nothing. Like, yeah. what do we need to meet? Um, until the energy transfer is complete. And then... This was so cool. 
I then like he this. starts to feel something. I liked this aspect because he looks at her like, oh, yeah, this is a girl. It was as if Rob were seeing her for the first time. More than that, it was as if he were seeing a girl for the first time. He looked astonished and wondering, like a person who had never heard music before, suddenly catching a few notes of a beautiful melody on the wind, catching it and wanting desperately to follow it. His expression was that of someone on the brink of the greatest discovery of his life. <laughs> yes! So he's, uh, I don't know, I guess realize she's a girl now and, you know. But then it goes away. It does go away, but I don't think it fully goes away. So people walk in. Uh, I think like Lewis barges into the room yeah. or something. And he's like, oh, whoops, I'm going to go. And then I like uh, Gabriel's comment where he's like, a little therapeutic touch in the dark, I see. <laughs> <laughs> see? He's yeah. funny. I know. I like him. Um, so... After everyone comes in, Caitlin notices this, that notices that like Rob's face has changed and he no longer has that like wondering look in his eye. But I don't think it's totally gone. I think it is. You think it's just gone? Gone, yeah. And he reverts back to his, huh? That's that's what it is. But I love this twist. I love this twist. But they need that. Just means that she needs to keep getting hurt so we can keep healing her and they can share. Oh, that's what it is. I'm just gonna keep Whoops falling size, down the stairs. Down the stairs. <laughs> Whoops, I stabbed myself in the eye with my toothbrush. Oh, I cut a finger off. Come over. <laughs> oh, but what does that say? That a woman has to put herself in pain in order for the guy that she loves to notice her. Oh, that's just life. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. So my notes here is like, okay, now it's getting good. I like this twist. It's not just two boys and oh, which one will it be? Best boy is unavailable. I only put best because he's like the golden the golden child, the golden boy. Best boy is unavailable. Moody boy is unavailable. Yeah. Um, so, you know, which one which one is it gonna get which one's gonna get to the finish line? Which one's gonna win? You don't know yet. You don't know. Yeah, the, I do one thing I do like about this trilogy in particular, I know like it's a trope these days the the love triangle is a overused trope. Yes. And these days when you read like reviews on um Goodreads or whatever for young adult books most people hate love triangles and they'll be like it's got a love triangle and i don't want to read it or whatever i think this is a good one because they actually at least all have a fighting chance it's not like twilight right where Poor jacob. like jacob just got abused you know and used and abused and never stood a chance he got the daughter hell <laughs> yeah i know I, I actually started reading about um the love triangle trope to try to i'm like i want to know when this first appeared in oh, literature. oh it's probably been the beginning but of I time mean, i know i think they referenced some shakespeare stuff yeah but what i did find out is like i've never had an interest in dawson's creek but now i have an interest in watching dawson's creek because it was the first season did great there was second a season love was terrible season one and then some writer came in and was like we need to do a love triangle which well, was had never one in the first season no I don't think Joey so. Joey liked Dawson and Dawson liked uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Blonde Girl. Yes, yes. But they switched it to where it was um, Joey. Yes. Because in the beginning it was all about Dawson. Yeah. And his, no one possessive, Dawson. his possessive relationship with Joey. But then in season three, they're like, well, what if this happens? Wasn't it Dawson, Joey, and Pacey then? Because I know she, yes. Joey gets with Joey Pacey. and Pacey. I never kissed. watched that show. I haven't either. But I'm just weird reading about, I know it enough about it. <laughs> I don't know how. But now I'm like, okay, now I want to watch Dawson's Creek. So you like love triangles? 
I do, but they have to be. They have to be good. They Not have to have a foundation mm-hmm. to it. And I don't, I, you know, I don't like toss away type of things. And I like this interesting twist. If this twist were not there, I probably wouldn't care about it. The other thing I like about this uh, love triangle is that the two boys don't hate each other because of the girl. Yes, like, they have. They a have ha- previous a, history. Yeah. Which is nice because I usually hate it where like the boys are like fighting over the girl. Right. And there really isn't any of that in here. Yeah. Like they hate each other for their own reasons and this just doesn't That's help. true. You know. Twilight they were fighting over the girl, right? God, I fucking hate Twilight. <laughs> it's just so poorly written. That's just, just not a good story. God, I could go. We could have a whole podcast about that. We're not going to do that. Ugh. Ugh, I'd rather not. I never want to read that again. Are we in chapter nine? Yes. Because I think I started out with Marisol being a dick again. <laughs> Yeah. I probably didn't mention that in my notes because she's always a dick. Okay. So who knows? She's not really that helpful, is she? All she's doing is like harassing the students. Yeah, she does she doesn't seem to do much of anything to like help. I don't know. I don't know what her purpose is there other than like To be weird. Well, so it, yeah, it says that she Marisol wakes her up again. Cause so Caitlin after her like thing with Rob, she rests for the rest of the day because she's still kind of worn out. So Marisol wakes her up later that day and is trying to like shove something under her door which is her creepy drawing but she wrote on it watch out this could happen to you okay what does that mean <laughs> like just just tell me yeah just, just tell me well so caitlin does question her she co- confronts marisol about the, about the drawing being like what are you doing why are you trying to scare me and marisol's you know just like <laughs> whatever psychic and she's like okay I guess I'm just gonna go have to ask Joyce about it then. She got halfway to the stairs before Marisol spoke. Joyce can't help you. She doesn't know what's really going on. She wasn't around for the pilot study, but I was. What's a pilot study? Caitlin asked. Never mind. The point is, is that you won't get help from Joyce. All she cares about is getting her experiments done, getting her name in the journal. She's blind to what's really happening. That's why Z tired her. But what does this thing mean? Caitlin asked, shaking the paper. Silence. Caitlin turned around. More silence. God, you're dumb, Marisol said at last. Don't you remember the experiment today? Didn't you wonder how you got that picture of the grapes? Caitlin remembered the kaleidoscope flood of images. I assume because I'm psychic, she said, but she could hear the stiff defensiveness in her own voice. If you were really psychic, you'd figure out why you're here, and then you'd be on the next plane home. So it's more just like vague just, nonsense. Yes, it's so annoying. It's so annoying. It's like, why don't you just be straight Just with say me? it. Just say it. Just say something. But no, she, she mentions the pilot study, and that's enough information for us to go on the next point of the mystery, I right. guess. Caitlin decides, I guess, to talk to Gabriel about it because nobody else is around, but Gabriel's not interested. He's just like, yeah, whatever. Um, but then later she runs into Rob and tells him instead, and I don't know why she didn't just go to him. At the beginning? At the beginning, I don't know. I guess, I don't know, whatever. And he decides that they need to talk to Joyce about it. However, um, Joyce brushes it off, basically blaming it on Marisol's medication, which I think is weird. Because she's like, oh, well, Marisol's on medication, and she must not be taking it. And I'm like... I'm not buying it. I'm like, first of all, what kind of medication? (laughs) And no one asks. Literally no one asks. Yeah. No one's like, oh, medication? What's she on medication for? What kind of medication well, maybe she would didn't make feel you privy like a crazy to, person? Maybe she didn't feel privy to share that medical history. However. But no one asks. If you're employing someone in a house full of teenagers. Yeah. And they're on medication. Yeah. Medication think that can people- make them crazy if they <laughs> yeah. don't take it. Yeah. Don't you think you should let the people know? Yeah. 
No. Joyce is just like, she's going on. She takes it, but like, I guess she's not taking it. Something's going on. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. It's just such a weird conversation because nobody questions it. They're just like, oh. Okay. Well, sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So everybody be careful around Marisol. She may not be taking it. It's just, I feel like this is just a very dated, uh, concept of mental health i yes, guess i agree where they're I just agree. like oh you're not on medication you're a crazy person exactly just ignore her <laughs> no <laughs> no i agree with that well to make matters worse the next day uh marisol conveniently has a mysterious seizure in the kitchen and uh they call 911 joyce freaks out goes to the uh doctor with her and so mr zitz has to come and like watch the kids mm-hmm. i guess while Joyce is out. And of course, like, you know, Rob and Caitlin are like, well, Caitlin's, or Joyce said she was on uh, medication. And, you know, I think Joyce mentions here that she doesn't know what kind of medication and that Mr. Zietz told her she was on it and that a psychiatrist prescribed it. Okay, yeah. And that's all we know. Yeah. Um, So she's off to the hospital. She was alive when she left. Um, So Mr. Zietz uh, hires her tells his limo to take them to school or something and uh caitlin like forgets a book and goes back in and this is when she sees like mr zietz like appear suddenly in the hallway where he shouldn't have been able to because there's like no doors there yeah i kept thinking like oh is does he have powers (laughs) like he's teleporting she saw him teleport that'd be much more interesting (laughs) because then it'd be way more like a magneto thing but but, uh not really um i mean they don't know what it is yet but she she's just like where did he come from um, but later at school, she has a vision of a man standing in a doorway, and it's clearly Mr. Zietz because he's wearing the coat and the hat and everything like that. Yeah. And so she recognizes it. It's like got wood paneling, and she's like, "Oh, that the hallway he was standing in has wood paneling. There must be a secret door there." I'm glad it didn't take him like a hundred years to like connect <laughs> these dots. Yes, because I feel like in lots of stories, like the author tries to foreshadow it by doing it so far in advance that you're like, you would have thought of this by now. Yeah. Like, just sit down and think for a second. (laughs) Come on, Jan. The eclipse, Jan. Oh, my God. (laughs) God, Jan. Let me spell it out for you. So she tells the others, and they all agree that something weird's going on, and they should attempt to find this hidden door. So they put their plan into action, like, that day. Like, as soon as they're home. Yeah, they waste no time. No, waste no time. I mean, this is their best opportunity because Joyce is at the hospital still, right? Yeah, Joyce is at the hospital still, but, like, Mr. Zietz and his dogs are there. So, No, not at this time. No, they are there. No. He leaves for something. Oh, I guess they wait till he leaves. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, he would like hung around for a really oh, long yeah, time. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they, yeah, that's right. They had to like pretend to do their homework. Yeah. And he yeah, was like yeah, yeah. there till like 11 p.m. or something. And so they're just like, when is he going to leave? When is dad going to leave? Well, so he does leave, but he leaves the dogs there, mm, which is, yeah. of course, this is Anna's time to show her powers mm-hmm. because they're going to go try to like open this, you know, door, hidden door on the wood paneled wall or something. And, uh, Gabriel refuses to help, but he says he'll, like, watch for cars or something. Yeah. Um, But he's not going to, like, get involved. So Anna shows her powers off by, like, calming the dogs. And then Lewis gets to show off his powers by using his uh, psychokinesis to, like, work the inner mechanisms of the hidden door. Yeah. And they open it. Um, And Caitlin and Rob... 
They they go down into a secret room together, and it's like an office, I guess, and it's got like a bunch of like photocopies of like important documents. Mm-hmm. And so they find you know information about the pilot study with like files on old students, yep. and they all say like Project Black Lightning on it, and then terminated. And she's like, "Did they terminate the person?" So <laughs> what's well, going? Yeah, they yeah. don't get a, they don't get too much information here. Not do really. They? Yeah, they just they get some like terms, and uh, that's pretty much all they know. And they read some things about psychoactive weaponry. Oh yeah, yeah. which I mean, kind of tells you all you need to know. Yeah, I'd say yes. So they do get th- that information. Yeah, they do. Yeah. This is the part where we jump to Gabriel's point of view, where it actually matters. Yes, because. He's like upstairs pouting about their stupid plan, being like, This is so stupid. Why are we doing this? It's so stupid. And uh, he's also like denying his feelings for Kaylin, like constantly. Yeah. Like, I don't like her. I don't like her. And his friend's like, Yes, you do. <laughs> but uh, he's like sort of kind of half ass watching for cars out the front window, but then he hears a sound from the back window. And for some reason, and I don't know why Mr. Zietz would come back at this point. Maybe he missed his puppies. He missed his puppies, had to come, ba- had to come back. Yeah. But, I mean, I I guess it's, like, clear that they don't always come to the back door or else this wouldn't be a thing. So I don't know why he decided to come to the... It doesn't matter. He's at the back door. Okay. Oh, and maybe he needed, to get, he needed to get something in the office. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. And he thought, they're asleep. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to sneak in the yeah. back. Yeah. Don't want to wake him up. He's so polite. He is nice. He's a nice Isn't guy. He? No. <laughs> Uh, so Gabriel's panicking because he's like, oh, man, I'm never going to get downstairs to, like, you know, warn them in time. But then we cut back to Caitlin. She's shuffling through papers, but she suddenly hears, like, a shout inside her mind, and it's Gabriel, mm-hmm. warning them to get out. It seems that everybody else can hear him, too, and they can all hear each other. Cool. It is pretty cool. Uh, back in the day, I, even though, like, they hate being linked to each other i was like oh i want that <laughs> i wouldn't want that i i wouldn't want that now no no, no. back then i thought it was yeah. really cool and i wished i had like five friends i could be linked to or whatever but nowadays no. i'm like oh well you know back then we didn't have phones like yeah what we have now <laughs> yeah i don't need to be linked to anyone through a mine i could just text you yeah Kate tells Anne and Lewis to go back upstairs and hide, uh, or to go back upstairs and go to bed, and she and Rob will just hide in the room. But, like, there's no really real place to hide in there. They just have to hope he doesn't go in there. But, of course, he does. Yeah. Uh, and I guess you were right. He forgot something in there, because I don't know why else he would go in there. And so They're, like, crouched really close to each other. Yeah. But I don't think any... Does anything really happen? Nothing really happens. She just, like, you know... Oh, this is so painful it, to yeah. be so close to him. <laughs> I'm sure there was some comment about <laughs> yeah. that. I don't know. Um, but Caitlin also worries that, like, she knows about Gabriel's power and no one else does. So mm-hmm. she's like, oh, God, like, what happens if we're linked for too long? Yeah. Because he had said that if you're linked for a long time, the link becomes unstable and that's when people die Start, or yeah. freak out or whatever. But... Mr. Z comes into the room where Caitlin and Rob are hidden and they're just about to be caught when like the dogs outside bark and Mr. Z goes back outside and leaves with the dogs. Turns out uh, Gabriel distracted them. The dogs. Yeah. So he he, he saved the day. He saved the day twice. Yeah. Uh, right. Which is not what he wanted to do. He didn't want to get involved. Yeah, Mr. Zietz takes his dogs outside and he doesn't come back and everyone's just sitting around together feeling weird that they could all read each other's thoughts. 
And basically we get like a sense that, you know, they can hear, they can't really control it. So everyone can hear thoughts, whether or not they meant for people to hear them or not. Yeah, that's why I would hate to have it. Yeah. But they eventually learn to control it. They do. But still, like, it's it's all weird and everyone hates it. I mean, I need my precious alone time. (laughs) Yes. Because it's not even that you can, like, they can sense each other, too. It's like constantly being in a room with five people. Yeah. They can sense people's locations, kind of, like, in what they're feeling and what they're doing. Yeah, that would be too much for me. Yeah, I would hate it. Well, they hate it, too. (laughs) Yeah. And everyone's pissed because Gabriel's like, I don't know how to shut it off. And they're like, what? What? Oh, my God. This is all your fault. Like, Robin's actually kind of being a dick here. Yeah. Because he's like, why'd you do this in the first place? And he's like, to save your asses, you exactly. asshole. <laughs> but uh, Gabriel's like, yeah, it'll go away when we go to sleep. But um, it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> and is but, this where they have the dream? Is that night they have a dream? Yes. Yes. Um, so, yeah, he, he storms off into his room. But not before Caitlin notices that he's drained, much like Caitlin was when she used her abilities earlier to draw grapes to draw the perfect grapes (laughs) so he goes off storms off to his room that night like caitlin has a dream that she's been having like a lot lately and up until now it wasn't important enough to mention but it's basically like her staying on a peninsula and next to the ocean and it's windy and there's like a white house in the distance and uh she had had this dream like three times or so Mm. but this time she has it again and like everybody's there with her yep and they can all sense that they're in the dream too and communicate and be aware i guess a very lucid dream um but you know they talk about how weird it is that they're sharing dreams and then the dream fades and she like gets the choice to stay in the dream or not like which i thought was weird yeah because it's like she felt herself like hanging in between and she's like i could choose to stay in the dream or i can go back to bed and she's like i'm going back to bed <laughs> so oh well, maybe she should have stayed in the dream she said it was cold because <laughs> they're in, in a windy dream, peninsula dream a jacket <laughs> dream of something fun yeah so they wake up in the morning find out the dream was real and they're all still mind linked mm-hmm so that didn't work. Nope. Joyce returns to tell them that Marisol's in a coma. She seems pretty upset about it. But the consensus is that she overdosed on her medication, but her family didn't even know she was on medication. That's strange. Yes. And they, they when they're alone, they talk about it. They're like, I don't think she was really on medication at all. <laughs> yeah. They're like convinced that Mr. Z poisoned her. Yeah. Caitlin wants to tell Joyce everything, including about their, like, telepathic web, but Gabriel's like, no. He's like, adults can't be trusted. And I'm like, oh, this is that, like, (laughs) teenagers think adults are all evil. Well, he hasn't had good experiences so far. He hasn't had good experiences with teens either. So I think he just doesn't like people. People. He should just say people can't be trusted. Yeah. I never like this whole, like, adults can't be trusted thing because it's just silly. This isn't Lord of the Flies. It's... so he demands they tell no one so they decide they decide not to trust joyce but only because they're afraid she'll tell mr z what she knows and so they decide to keep it to themselves i think that's a good option yeah good choice so everyone meets later to discuss what they found in the secret room and discuss theories on what mr z might really be up to gabriel wants them to just like concentrate on how to cut off the web yeah because he's like really upset about everyone knowing his thoughts yep <laughs> I'm like oh is that because he's gonna slip up 
And Caitlin's going to see something? Likely. Well, also, like, he's, uh, I think there was a moment at the beginning where uh, Anna sensed, like, him feeling vulnerable or feeling like, you know, something, and he didn't want that. Yeah. I don't know. But he's sort of already learned how to, like, wall himself up. Mm -hmm. So they can't really sense everything from him anymore. So they decide to, like, just sneak into the study and while Joyce is asleep and read up on telepathy to see if they can find anything out. And they do. They find out that their, well, A, their link won't kill them because a five-person link is stable. If it were four or three, it wouldn't be, and they would get have unstable link and someone could die, but five is stable, and so they're cool there. No one's going to die. I liked that aspect. Yeah, it was kind of neat. They have, like, a real nice description of it. But then they also find out that, like, the only surefire known way for them to break the link is for one of them to die. No! No! So, um, yeah, I'm like, self-sacrifice from... Rob? From Rob, from from Best Boy or Moody. Moody could do it. Or it's going to be Lewis because he's kind of not important. I mean, Lewis is they're not, not gonna important, do all, but they're Lewis They're not going to do Anna. They, won't, they wouldn't do Anna. Maybe not. She's the one that's the least important, in my opinion. Oh, well, I just... I find Lewis more, like, interesting than her, so... He's kind of like, uh, he's like Michael in the last book in Forbidden Game. The, like, teddy bear kind. Oh, yeah. When you liked him. I did. I feel like Lewis is kind of the same. Yeah. He's got that that. same personality. But anyway, so, so you think one of them's going to self-sacrifice eventually? Yeah. (laughs) The the love triangle can't go on. True. How how are they going to break that triangle? Who knows? Maybe Caitlin. Um, so time passes. I'm just making faces because I don't want to tell. I don't want to give anything <laughs> yeah, away. Yeah, don't give Emma. anything away. Time passes. They pretend everything's normal. Gabriel's like obsessed with finding out more information, and he basically just like avoids everyone else, shuts himself off, keeps reading about telepathy. So later, Caitlin's testing again with Joyce. She is gonna hook her up to the brainwave machine, and after what Marisol told her, Caitlin's kind of like wants to know what's going on. And so she instructs Rob to create a diversion during her testing so that she can take a closer look at the electrode on her forehead. Yeah. And so he does while she's doing it. And she notices that there's like a a chip of something hard and cool underneath the electrode. Mm-hmm. Of course, as a reader, I feel like we all knew what it was. I don't know if you did, but... Well, is this at this point... Okay, so I, my notes are, are very sparse. I put chi and crystals. Was that one of the articles that they read? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so they, I, I guess I missed that part. Yeah, they, as they're looking up stuff about telepathy, they also find an article about crystals and how they store energy and uh, chi about transferring, like, your life force from one thing to another, yeah. that kind of stuff, which all relates, I guess, to what's going to happen. Yeah, so when she pulled that thing off of her forehead, I'm like, oh, it's a crystal. Yeah. And then I also have notes in here about horses. Oh, because one of her visions was of a, okay. of a horse. Okay. So the picture she was supposed to draw was of a horse. And so when she has her flood of vision, she sees a horse. Wait, should I read what the flood of visions yeah. is again? Because sometimes it foreshadows shit. She saw roses and a horse. She saw Mr. Zietz in front of the doorway again. She saw a white house with a caramel-colored face in the window. And unexpectedly, she heard voices. Yeah, so when she's doing it this time, everybody in her web, uh, like, 
feels the power too. Yeah. So they're all like, holy shit, what's going on? <laughs> and the other thing worth mentioning is that like Gabriel's not at the Institute. He's like somewhere else. Yeah. And he can hear their thoughts too, which normally I think they had discovered that distance makes it so that they can't hear each other. So that problem solved, everyone just move away from each other. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to live together, just move away. But your relationship with Rob's going to be real hard if you can read all their thoughts. Uh, <laughs> may, you know, maybe they can just have a long distance relationship <laughs> and they can link up. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think a relationship with a telepathic link could work. I just don't think so. I don't People know. just think too many things that would be hurtful. Like, well, yeah, you would have to have some kind of common ground, like whatever you see. <laughs> Ask me about it first. <laughs> yeah. Don't just think. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how. That, I just, I'm so glad that's not a thing. A thing, yeah. Um, wait, where, where am I in my notes now? Okay. I don't know. Horses. Well, yeah, there's horses, but this is v- vague horses. I just can't believe that every single book you pick, there's a no, horse. A, I know it's not even about a horse. But no, just, it's just a I just picture need of to... a horse. This doesn't count. This does not count. Whatever. Doesn't count. Every book you suggest, I'm going to be like, okay, where's the horse? I just, I just it was a thing in girls' books back then. Horses. Just yes. put a horse in there. Put a horse in there. So Gabriel's far oh. away. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I was trying to find where my notes were because I'm going all over the place. Uh, Yeah. So, and he hears them. So, you know, whatever. Weird crystal thing. But she doesn't, I don't think she makes the connection that it's a crystal yet. I, I don't know. She she puts it back and Joyce comes back and Joyce puts it the in, crystal her pocket, in her pocket yeah. and that's the end of that. Um, but uh, Caitlin has to like go lie down again because her you know her chi is drained. Her chi is drained, <laughs> but Rob can't help her because he like faked an injury to get Joyce to like oh, yeah, distract, right. so they can't have another moment. Aww. So sorry, Caitlin, you've ruined that chance. <laughs> but as she's like alone, she hears. Mr. Zietz and Gabriel talking outside. That's right. And so she decides to go eavesdrop on him. She's, so she's feeling unwell, but yeah. not enough. Not enough to not go <laughs> To go it. outside yeah. and hide in some bushes. Yep. So she's hiding in some bushes and she hears like Mr. Zietz essentially giving Gabriel like the same speech he gave them at the beginning about like, you know, unlocking his true potential and yada, yada, yada. And Mr. Zietz, well, she says that she notices she feels like Gabriel looks like he's into l- buying it. into yeah. it. Yeah. And so she's like concerned. And she's like, no, you can't. And uh, Mr. Zietz is like, oh, I want you to come to my house in San Francisco. Let's talk about it. And Gabriel's like, all right, let's go. And so Caitlin like panics. And suddenly she's like, I want to come too. This, this was such a weird moment. Yeah. Because I don't, as as fiery of, of a character as she is, uh-huh. it's... It's so, like, hot and cold with her. Yeah. It's only when she needs to be. And this is one of those where she needs to be because we need to see what's happening. Yeah. Um, but I'm like, why the hell would you do that? I don't know. It's the it stupid It's a stupid thing to do. The smart thing to do would be to go inside and be like, hey, everybody, this is what just happened. What should we do? Well, I don't even feel like it's in her character. That's the thing. Like, a lot yeah. of things that she did, I'm like... I don't know. I I mean, not that you really get to know who Caitlyn is because no. she's bleh. Yeah, she's kind of But bleh. it's just... Like, I, I what? Know. I thought it was What's a really happening? idiotic thing to do. Yeah, so I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> and Mr. Zietz goes along with it. Yeah, which I think that he, I would think he'd be like upset she was eavesdropping. And yeah. Like, I, I don't know, but he's like, yeah, all right. I, he was like, I thought you would be the second one to come around. Come on. And she's like, come around to what? But so she goes with him. Yeah. And, um, but she's panicking. So when she gets in the car, she's like, 
trying to talk to Rob uh, and tell them where she's at or where she's going because she's, I guess, convinced Mr. Z is going to kill them I mean, <laughs> or, or something. Something's going to happen. You don't know. Yeah. Um, but they're too far away and can't feel it. And so she's like, Gabriel, help me. And he's like, nah, you got yourself into this. <laughs> <laughs> Which, can you blame him? For real. She did. It's like, if you don't want to be on this ride, you can get out now. Yeah, exactly. But it's too late. They're already there. So uh, they get to Mr. Z's like opulent mansion. And he starts up again with cryptic talk about how their about their potential and how if they're trained properly, they can name their own price and all this mm. kind of stuff. And you know, uh, Gabriel's just kind of like deadpan, I guess, while he's listening to this. You know, but Caitlin's like freaking out, and I'm like, there's no way that they don't notice that she's like, what? I know what? what's going on because her inner thoughts are like, oh my god, what is going on? <laughs> Everything here is scary, and I'm like, I hope she's like hiding this. I don't think she, no, there's no way she is. <laughs> she is like the worst spy ever. <laughs> I I just felt like the whole time, yeah, this is like, are they? Maybe the guys are just so into because one thing that L J Smith mentions here is like Gabriel's so into the surroundings because at one yeah. point we see him reading a, a an expensive car magazine yeah. so like he's into that lifestyle he likes rich shit yeah so maybe the guys are just like drooling over I don't know exotic animal heads or something yeah. and she's over there freaking out and they I don't think even that's notice what it is I think they're <laughs> like not really paying attention to her because she's like a hanger on at this point <laughs> you know like whatever but Gabriel asks, like, for some details. He's like, so, you know, you mentioned training. Like, how do we get trained? And he's like, well, let me show you something special. So he takes them down into a secret room, which is pretty much identical to the other one, except much larger. Yeah. And this is where Caitlin sees her vision of him standing in the doorway come to light. Inside the room, at the end of the hallway, there's, like, a super white, sterile, like, lab-type room. Mm -hmm. Everything's gleaming and clean, and there's, like... I guess what uh, I, it's weird how this, they describe it. But it's there's, so strange. There's a huge crystal in the middle of the room. Uh, let me describe it as they describe it because it is very strange. Um, it was what a stone plant, a sculpture, a model spaceship. She didn't know, but she couldn't look away from it. It drew the eye inevitably and then held it fast the way some very beautiful paintings do, except that it wasn't beautiful. It was hideous. And Caitlin, and it reminded Caitlin of something. It was towering, milky, semi-translucent, and that should have given her a clue. Yeah, should have. But she couldn't get over her first impression that it was some horrible parody of a plant, even when she realized that it couldn't be. It was covered with things, parasites, Kate thought wildly. Then all at once, she realized that they were growths, smaller crystals sprouting from a giant parent. They stuck out in all directions like the rays of a star or some giant Christmas decoration. But the effect wasn't festive, it was somehow obscene. Okay, how can a crystal be obscene? That's what I want to know too. And like, unless it's like, if it's still like transparent and milky, like a pretty crystal would be, who yeah. cares how many facets it has? I know. Wouldn't that make it cooler looking? I agree. I can't imagine it looking gross. And I always just kind of wondered like. I think she's just trying to set this up as like uh, an abomination. Yeah, like it's, it's an not evil this crystal. Pure, it's not pure. Yeah, it's, it's an smooth. abomination. Yeah. But yeah. I'm like, I'm okay with like faceted pointy yeah. star type like of like a christmas decoration yeah, that, that sounds, sounds great pretty. to me yeah. 
But maybe the energy it was giving off was well, more obscene. And, and they do mention that afterwards because she's like, she's like, oh my God, what is it? And Mr. Zeus is like, oh, you feel its power. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's like, it, it can be very terrible, but it's also very great. You know, you know he's just being a, a crazy person at this point. Sounds pretty creepy. Yeah. So he explains that, you know, connecting with the crystal in small doses amplifies your power and, you know, that, you know, connecting for a long time can be catastrophic. And he explains that he has contacts that would pay a lot of money for their services. And, you know, all they need to do is, you know, I guess regular contact with the crystal to make their power stronger. I, they don't really go into no, I th- detail. No, I, th- I think that's what it is. And, ugh. Yeah. So he's going to, like, hire them out yeah, for their powers. But all the services he mentions are 100% illegal because he's like, yeah, people would like to pay you for your services. You know, not, you know, helping the blind, but, you know, corporate espionage. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just casual, like. Some killings, some, maybe. Some, not yeah, all. Probably, not all assassinations. Probably not a lot of it. Yeah. Gabriel's like, so you want us to be assassins? He's like, oh, I don't think there will be that many assassinations. <laughs> But, you know, Gabriel, like, you've murdered two people. You've got this. Yeah. He's just like straight. He's not even trying to ease them into it. Oh, no. He's just like, here you go. Here's my evil plan. He's on the opposite end of Marisol here where he's giving them all, all the goods, all the information. Yeah. He's got pretty much like a, a proper evil villain speech going on. Um, so not, after telling him that he wants to use him for like corporate espionage and all this kind of crap, then he just straight up tells them that he needs them to take care of Marisol's family because they're getting suspicious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Gabriel's like, um, I thought you didn't want us to kill people. And he's like, you don't have to kill them. I mean, do whatever you want. But like, we just need them gone. We just need them <laughs> quiet. And then he full on admits that he's the one that like, you know, orchestrated her going into a coma. He was hoping that she'd be dead, but she's not. So now he has to Now he's got a problem. Yeah. So fix it. So you, I need you guys to fix this. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess that's why he came to talk to Gabriel because he wanted Gabriel to fix it. Yeah. But you know how Gabriel fixes stuff? It's killing people. What'd what you think he was going to do? Well, I mean, he's fine with that. He, he, I think he totally, yeah, he'd totally be fine with it. Yeah, I don't Gabriel know. Gabriel wouldn't, but. I don't know why he's pretending, though, that it's not about killing people. Uh, maybe to not scare Gabriel off. I don't know. I don't think he cares about that. He's like literally just like, <laughs> I want you to do all this illegal shit and uh, silence this family. <laughs> By the way, I tried to kill Marisol. Um, so but whatever. work with me. Work with me. But you know, you're you can here trust now, me. so handle the situation. <laughs> yes. So Caitlin's like shocked by his confession and is a f- proper idiot. Oh, this and is so bad. Totally just blurts out, like, you are insane. And, like, by the way, we have a telepathic link. And, you know, no one, we we all can talk to each other. And nobody's going to go along with your crazy plan, old man. And he's like, Mr. Z's pissed. Yeah. Because he says, and I guess, like, no one was paying attention until later. He's basically like, oh, shit, you're in, like, a, a stable telepathic link? That makes you useless. Yep. And um, I don't know why... I don't know how, but somehow... Does it it only make Gabriel useless? That's what he's referring to. Okay. Because he doesn't care about anyone else. Yeah. Basically, he needs Gabriel's mind-link powers and... To drain people. To drain people. And, you know, Gabriel didn't listen. And because later he tries to use his powers and he can't. Yep. But Zeitz basically just said, you can't do it. So, whatever. He he can no longer 
connect with people outside of his web. So he's useless. So somehow they trap Caitlin in a in a cage. The dog. Yeah, she gets backed into the yeah. corner by the dog, and yeah. I'm just like, look where you're going, girl. She's too freaked out. She's yeah. not. So she is in a cage now. <laughs> and uh, Mr. Zietz orders Gabriel to kill Caitlin. He's like, well, the only way to break the link is for someone to die. So you there gotta you go. kill her. Caitlin's gonna do it. Here she is. Just yep. kill him. So um, Caitlin thinks that Gabriel might actually do it, but for a second, but he doesn't. Um, he instead turns on Mr. Z. He's like, I'd rather kill you. <laughs> um, foolish boy. Foolish boy. Yeah. So Mr. Z's got two angry dogs and a gun. And he's like, you can't kill me. And like, uh, Gabriel's like, oh uh, yeah, I can. Brain powers. Remember? And he's like, uh, remember your brain powers don't work anymore. That's right. We just went over this. That's right. <laughs> you're no longer an unstable boy. You have your little family unit. Aww. So you're not going to lash out anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Gabriel tries to use it anyway, and he realizes that he's right. He can't connect to anybody outside the web. Mm -hmm. So, with this being known, Mr. Z forces Gabriel into a chair, ties him down, and essentially forces his eye, his third eye, yes. onto the crystal. Yep, brings the crystal over. Yep. Uh, L.J. Smith mentions that it's on like a little rolling wheel yeah. thing, so it can be rolled it around can be the room. Rolled around the room. <laughs> thanks brings, for that. Brings thanks it over. for that detail. <laughs> I definitely need to know. Brings um, it over to him, places it on his forehead. Yeah, and it's and like he, I'll be back. <laughs> yeah, he intends to use it as torture. Essentially, yeah. I guess being connected to it for that long is really painful. Well, we see what it did with Caitlin when she right. would have her little her. Sessions. So she used like a tiny sliver of it, and she felt like a really raging headache after it happened. And so imagine doing it with a big one, I guess. Yeah. It's really painful. Straps him in, says, I'll be back. And you'll change your mind. Yeah. Luckily, the crystal also amplifies power. Yeah. So they are able to reach the long distance to contact the others. Yeah. Caitlin tells them what's happening and is like, come help us. Soon, Rob and the others arrive with Joyce. They're like, we told her everything, and she didn't have any clue what Mr. Z was doing, and she's here to help us. So, Rob releases Caitlin from the cage, and suddenly they're all in love. Oh, yeah, that was so weird. Oh. <laughs> it was like, when he realized that she could possibly die, yeah. that he could lose yeah. her, that's when he realized, yeah. I love you. Yeah, and they have their first kiss. Oh, yeah, they do. In the midst of all that yeah. craziness. Yeah. Cut it out. But they do make a comment about it, which I love. So, yeah, they have this moment where he unlocks Caitlyn from the cage, and then he's like, I didn't realize what I was going to lose when I thought I could lose you. And so the, it's like a really long time. It is. A really long description. If you're into the romance scenes, though, it's pretty it's good. good. Yeah. And they have, like, a kiss, and then Joyce is like, uh, guys, <laughs> we're, like, doing stuff over here. <laughs> like, can you help me? We've got important things to do. Uh, so, you know, they're in love now. Great. Joyce uh, tells them they need to help Gabriel, who is unconscious now, by the way. Oh, yeah. He's passed out from the pain. Instead of letting Rob heal him, she's like, oh, no, that's not enough. You're, you're not going to be able to heal him. We need all five of you to link to the crystal at the same time. Okay. Red flag. For me, this was a big red flag. Well, they don't know enough about the crystal to really know it what hurts. It's, it hurts them. But it also amplifies power, so you don't know. But it's obscene and perverted. Well, it's and they say crystal. that. Like, like, when she says, hey, we need all of you to touch this, 
Caitlin's kind of like, I don't want to go anywhere near that thing. Yeah. And she she hesitates long enough that she starts to have a vision. Well, she she feels it in her hand. Yeah. And she's like, shit, I can't draw. What do I do? So she like paints it in her mind instead. Yes. And I'm like, finally, you're not tethered to a pen and paper. Mm-hmm. Um, and so while she's like stalling for time, I guess, she's like drawing this in her mind. And at the very last second, right before they're about to touch it, she sees a vision of Joyce holding a glass out to Marisol. And she does mention that she isn't even sure if this is a real scene that happened, Mm -hmm. which is the first time that she's mentioned that her visions aren't necessarily like 100% accurate. They're just like, hey, this means Joyce is evil. Okay, well, here's the thing, too. I feel like most of her visions before now were future visions, Mm -hmm. right? This is a past vision. And that's why... So it being a past vision is new, and then, her, like, so when that started happening, I was like, oh, so she's seeing the past now? But then she's like, oh, this is, I don't even know if this is a real event that actually happened, but it's a feeling. And mm, so they, okay. they were trying to sell it as it's like a feeling of something. And so now she's supposed to feel that Joyce is not sincere. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, whether or not she actually gave Marisol the glass that made her concussed or whatever, who knows, but... She gave her like a pill or something. To okay. Give her yeah. A at this point, I think I w- when I was reading it, I was like, wait, did she hit Marisol over the head with a no, glass? No, she had a seizure. So I guess they yeah. gave her some kind of pill. And then Joyce immediately GTFO'd. So she, because she was at the store when everyone came down. Oh, yeah. That's happening. right. So that's right. She brought, she bought like a bag of apples. Yeah. Which I remember that scene. And I forgot to mention this. There's some parts in this book where LJ Smith will like hone in on a, on a specific thing like, like Californian cheeses. Or an ecological, what did she, what did she say? An ecological like grocery bag. Oh yeah, yeah. That Joyce came back with with a bunch of apples, and I'm like, why is this so specific? I like. It, Do I though. need to focus no, no. on it? Is it going to be an important like, part later on? I feel like, especially the ecological grocery <laughs> bag stuff, is basically just like this is the type of person Joyce is. You oh, know? Okay. She's the type of person that would, you know, have her you know, reusable bag. Okay. Because that's who she is or whatever. It's just, I feel, I like the way she does details like that because it kind of builds the world without focusing too much on like exposition. It's I, just like tiny little details. I thought it was a clue. I'm like, oh. what's the clue? Like <laughs> the bag well, of apples. What are we going to find out about the bag of apples? <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Or the grocery bag. <laughs> so yeah, Caitlin at the last second, her mind drawing, you know, forms and, she decides to yell at everyone else not to touch the crystal. Because at this point, I don't know what would have happened. Maybe if they all touch it, they'd explode. But they didn't want to kill all of them, so who knows? They never tell us what would have happened. Yeah. If this had... Maybe one of them would have died? Shoot, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I didn't, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming maybe one of them would have Maybe call some alien spaceship from dimensions <laughs> far away and then all-out war and Mr... Uh, what... I can't... What's his name? Zietz? Mr. Zietz. Mr. Zietz yeah. profits off of some intergalactic war. <laughs> I could see him being into that, though. Yeah. <laughs> well, so as soon as, like... I think... I can't remember exactly what Caitlin yells. Like, Joyce is with him. She's with Mr. Zietz or something like that. Um, and that that's when uh, Joyce decides to just, like, give up her nice girl act. And she just, like, shoves Gabriel's face into the crystal. Just, like, head first. <gasps> Um, and he's, he was already like kind of touching it, I think. And he's still passed out, I think at this point. Yeah, he is passed out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
So Mr. Z comes back, uh, and there's chaos. And I don't even remember exactly what happens in the chaos. I just wrote, there's chaos. And then um, I guess Gabriel wakes up, or maybe he was already woken up at this point. I don't remember. But he wakes up, and his power was amplified by the crystal. And no one thought about that. Yeah. So, you know, he lashes out and knocks with his brain. And knocks out everybody outside the web. So Mr. Zietz had said that he couldn't connect with anybody outside the web, but apparently he can. And with the crystal's help, if it's with the crystal's help, yeah. Because I mean, I don't know. We were led to believe that he couldn't, and that's why one of them had to die. Mm -hmm. But he was able to do it now. He knocked them all out with a uh, psychic blast. Because his so his powers are a result of being like unstable. Yes. Okay. So the obscene perverted crystal could possibly make, makes him unstable. Yes. Okay. Yes. So him being in the stable web is what made his powers not useful because I don't know. I I mean, he never tries it or maybe he does in later books. I don't remember. I don't think he ever tries to hurt one of the people in the web with his mind, but maybe he does. I can't remember. It's been a while since I've read the other ones. Anyway, but so he manages to knock them all out. He kills the poor dogs. Which, I mean, oh, I know they yeah, weren't the nice dogs. dogs. They weren't. But that's not their fault. They, that's their owner's fault. Very true. Very true. Anna couldn't save them? Um, no, she said they were dead. Like, the blast killed them. Okay. So. No chance. They, that's how they knew. Like, she was like, I, I feel like they're dead. <laughs> <laughs> so they do this. Uh, Mr. Zietz and Joyce are passed out, but not dead. Although, they should have just killed them. Well, I could mean. he control it? No, no, no. But, like, once they were passed out, just kill them. Like, there was Oh, guns, I see what you're saying. There was a gun. There was a knife. No, they're not going to... No, they're not going to make the kids kill them. I mean, they should... In, if this were real life, that's what you should do. <laughs> they tried to kill you. Now you kill them. No, they they're can't g- do that. Then they'd be on the run, for real. From no one cops has to know they were even they're, there. They're going to find out. <laughs> I'm sure there's cameras all over the place. Mm, yes, yeah, maybe. yes. All right, okay. Mr. Zietz is the type to have cameras but, in every okay, room. But he is, but he's doing all kinds of nefarious shit in his basement. He doesn't want people like. He probably into wants that. to log that stuff. He probably watches himself doing all these experiments. He also has a lot of connections. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. whatever. They don't kill him. <laughs> they run out of the house. Uh, Rob heals Gabriel, much to his dismay. He doesn't oh, yeah. want him to mm-hmm. do it. Um. Caitlin, so they're like wondering what they're going to do now. They're like, well, we can't go back to the Institute. We can't go back to our families because they'll they'll hurt our families. Although they can still hurt your families even if you're not there. But Right. <laughs> they know where your families yeah. live. <laughs> yeah. But they don't want to go back to their families and put them in extra danger, I guess. I guess they're hoping they'll leave their families alone if they're not there. So they're like, well, where do we go now? And so then Caitlin finally connects the dots between her dream that she had over and over about the peninsula in the White House mm-hmm. to the pamphlet that crazy robe guy showed her at the airport. Okay. She's like, wait, that's the same place. <laughs> She's like, I think we should go there. And everyone's like, okay. <laughs> Which I thought was kind of strange. I mean, I well, they don't where, really where are they going to go? I know. I mean, I don't think they're just like, yeah, that's a great idea. I think they're like, well, what else are we going to do? Yeah. All right, let's go. We don't she, have any other She's clues. like, I just have a feeling we should go to this White House. And they're just like, okay. Gabriel's on board for it, too? Mm, I think he may have just been like, yeah, whatever, let's just get out of here. <laughs> you know, something like that. Probably something like that. So that's where they go, and that's the end of this volume of 
the series. And so the next volume, they're traveling to the White House. Okay. And lots of shit happens. Well, so my notes for this chapter, oh, yeah, I thought for sure Lewis was going to die. And I think there was one point where somebody had a gun aimed yeah, at him, I think right? Th- yeah, there were yeah. guns and stuff yeah. involved. And I kind of felt like the end of uh, the end of this book reminded me of Maze Runner, the end of the first Maze Runner. Do you remember that one? Well, uh, not specifically. I just remember them getting out and then running. And then in the second book, they're running across the world. So <laughs> I guess it running. is very similar. <laughs> yeah. Because in, at the end of the first book, well, I don't even know if I should mention this because I might spoil it for people, but um, they're hey, in if like... if you haven't read Maze Runner, sorry. close your ears. Um, they're in like a lab setting. Yeah. And they've got... They've so, got to fight yeah. their way out of a lab setting. So yeah. that's that's, that's true. Yeah. And then they escape and then they're like, well, where do we go now? Well, we're just going to run. run. Just I don't run. even know if they had like a destination in mind in Maze Runner. I Maybe they remember. did. It was a really long time ago when I read I that. I was so disappointed in those movies. That's very off topic. <laughs> I really liked I really liked that book and I really hated the movies. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, that was it. And that was the beginning of the first book. Do you even want to read the other ones? Yeah, I think I do. I haven't, I've never read, um, would you say this is a typical kind of YA type of plot? I've never read any of these. So yeah, I mean, I'd be interested to see yes, how the now plot it is. plays out. For for the time, no one was writing shit like this. Right. But for now, I'd say it's very typical to what stories are like these days. When did Twilight come out? This came out before Twilight, Oh, yeah, right? way before. This is like 96. When did Twilight come out? In the 2000s, right? I don't know. I think it was like in the early 2000s. <laughs> okay. Almost positive. So, yeah, this is way before that. And way better written than that. Way better written in... Okay, so as with all of L.J. Smith's books, I feel like they're very simple. They're not like literature. Mm-hmm. But I just really like her ideas. Yeah. This one, I feel like, was a really good idea that wasn't executed as well as, like, say, Forbidden Game was. Um, but I still just really like it. And as a child, I was, like, so in love with Gabriel. So <laughs> <laughs> so it didn't matter. I was just like, Ugh. So as an adult, you feel like it still holds up? Yes, but maybe not as well as Forbidden Game does. Forbidden Game was so good. It was so good. And so I, good. That one I would still recommend to anyone to read. This one I would recommend with caveats. I'd be like, you should read this, but make sure to just like slog through the beginning. Yeah. The second one kind of drags a little. The third one's really good. So I don't know. <laughs> it's I would recommend it, but not like without giving those disclaimers, I yeah. guess. <laughs> So I guess, yeah, we'll... I'm open to... I'm totally open to reading the other two. We might as well just go through all of them. But not for next week, because... Next week, it's my pick. Emma gets to pick one, and then we'll come back to the world of Dark Goodness. All right, so my pick... Oh, you're probably going to hate this one, too. Uh, This was another school book that was given to me in the fourth grade. We're lucky I'm not picking any of my school books, because there were some real bad ones. Really? Yeah. Like what? Did you ever read a book called Homecoming? No. I don't think so. I remember hating it so much. Oh, maybe we should read it. Maybe you'll like it now. You know what? Maybe. <laughs> I'll think about it. Okay, so my pick is Ida Early Comes Over the Mountain by Robert Birch. Did you ever, did you I've have to read I've never this? even heard of it. Okay. I've never heard of him. Well, reading on the back, it's a, the story is set in the Blue Ridge Mountains of Georgia. So I'm guessing maybe that's why. That's near where we live. Yes. So 
So I grew up in Georgia. I'm I'm assuming this is why they had us read yeah, this. Yeah, likely. If you didn't go to school in Georgia, maybe they kind of they didn't them. care because yeah. yeah yeah yeah. But I'm excited to read it. I liked it when I was when I was younger. I think I remember liking Ida's character, but as um for a school project, we had to make something to go along with the didn't story. Didn't you have to do that for Blue Willow too? No, I didn't have to do that for Blue Willow. I sworn you said you did. Mm-mm. Maybe I was talking about this one. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I just know it's another Depression-era book. And yeah! I, I can't think of a time in history that's more boring than the Depression. Oh, stop! It's true. It's so boring. It's survival skills. It's just like people living in poverty and being sad. I just... I'm, ugh. It's getting by. Yeah, all right. Let's do it. Okay. Till next time, guys. Bye! To learn more about us and see what we're going to read next, visit our website at growingupbookish.com.